Powered by Go Goat Sports in partnership with TSN. This is season four. It is episode 39 of the Randrex Hockey Podcast. And it is presented by your title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. I've made it back from the cabbage, you know, kind of planes, trains, and automobiles type of return on Wednesday, right? And, um, you know, I regaled you on Tuesday with the experience of ice fishing and, you know, oh, yeah, fun that we was, had yeah, and, yeah. yeah, high tech stuff. So leave the cabbage yesterday, late morning, like, you know, say 11 o'clock in the morning, kind of snow there, but that's fine. The roads have been plowed. The problem was that the ditches are full. So the snow is just level across, right? So there's, there's no discerning factors as to where the ditch starts, all these things. So I'm going up the hill in my rental RAV4, going to make the turn left about five minutes from the cabin. My front tire catches the edge of the ditch, poof, into the ditch we go. And I mean, one of those where became obvious, look, you can throw this thing in a reverse. You can try and dig out. You're not getting out. You're in the ditch. Like you're, you're buried in the ditch. And I wasn't going very fast, thankfully. And we're like, oh no, like we got to get to Winnipeg. It's a four hour drive. We got a plane to catch. Holly's like hyperventilating. Hang on. You're five minutes from the cabbage. Yeah, five minutes. Like we could have just walked back and whatever. Missed the flight, stayed another day. Oh, but I'm brutal. like, okay, hold on a sec. Here's what I know. What I know is in that part of the world, the prairies, you know, if you're in a tight spot like that, just wait five minutes and somebody's going to come along. That's exactly like it wasn't even five minutes, right? And this young guy in his 30s pulls up in a big four-wheel drive truck. And I'm like, yeah, man. I said, obviously, I'm, I'm going to need a tow. Do you have a tow strap? Yeah, no problem. Gets this thing hooked up to the axle. And five minutes later, we're on the road, ready to roll here again. So what would you do in that situation? Like, automatically, it's it warrants more than a handshake and a thank you, right? Because I get like, his email. I, 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 or his phone and send him, well, send him something. I, well, that, that, see, I never thought of that. I just, I went to Holly's purse. I didn't go to my wallet, of course. I pulled the Ray Ferraro Gord Miller trick and I pulled like 50 bucks out of her wallet because yeah. I think that was all the cash she had. And I said to this guy, Hey, man, here, you know, just appreciate you got us out of a big jam. Like we went back and forth for a good two minutes arguing. He didn't want it's, it, did he? He's like, yeah, he's like, I can't take your money. He didn't know who I was. He had no idea. Like, this wasn't, oh, geez, there's Darren Dreger from the Rain Dregs podcast, you know, and I'm doing him a solid. No. He was like, no, man. He was like, I, I just happened to come along. You needed a hand. They gave you a hand. I'm like, look, you're going to take it. You burned a bit of gas. Go get yourself some supper, right? You have to have supper yeah, later yeah. in the day. It's probably too close to lunch. So anyway, I finally convinced him to to take the 50 and roll. But if that happens in Ontario, unless you're in real rural Ontario, guess what's going to, you establish what the what the cost is. It's 150 before I even hook up to that rig. Well, the the other thing I oh, thought, that it's, was also our start. The, it's also the Indy 500 going past you. Zing, 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 yeah. zing. Nobody stopped. <laughs> People got places to go. No chance. So anyway, it was a, a bit of a hair-raising start to the day, but we got to Winnipeg, got back late last night. All is well. And now you're All back home. Well. We're back home. Hey, we've got Pete DeBoer, the head coach of the Dallas Stars, stopping by the Rand Driggs podcast. We've been trying to connect with Pete to pretty much all season long. Our schedules just haven't been able to jive, but they do today. So looking forward to talking to Pete and to getting his thoughts on what has been a real nice season for the Stars to this point. 
Hi, it's Ray Ferraro. You've probably heard me talking about my friends at North Beach Agency and Craft Growth. They provide customized marketing solutions tailored to help grow businesses of all sizes. From results-driven marketing across TV, radio, and podcasts to websites, digital, social, out-of-home, and everything in between, they have the proven expertise to get the measurable results you need to get your business growing. You can visit craftgrowth.net and book your free business growth consultation now. That's craftgrowth.net. Headlines rate presented this season by our friends at Boston Pizza. And something got you a bit riled. We're going to take a look at the races. I just mentioned the Dallas Stars. We'll take a look at the West. We'll take a look at the East and the, the playoff kind of implications as we move forward here in the second half. But something got you riled up as we kind of logged into the podcast. And that was the game Tuesday between Pittsburgh and Colorado, the game that we now know obviously took Kale McCarr out of the Avs lineup for at least a couple of games with a head injury and a high hit by Jeff Carter that you just flat out did not like. No, I didn't like it at all because, look, I played a long time. You can tell what's an accident and what's not an accident. That was not an accident. When You know, he didn't flatten him. He didn't drill him. The puck was up in the air. The puck was going away from the net. And all of a sudden, Carter's right shoulder goes the other direction and hits McCarr in the chin. And McCarr mm-hmm. stopped right away. And he held his head, went back to the room or to the bench, back to the quiet room for evaluation, concussion protocol. The whole system worked the way it was supposed to. He came back in, finished the game. Next morning, woke up and didn't feel good. Now he's gone back. I'm in Tampa right now where Colorado's playing. He's flown back to Denver. He's going to miss at least the next couple of games, probably in the next week where they have a couple of games early in the week. So you're probably looking at, at a minimum, four games. Colorado's trying to make the playoffs. How is this okay? It's not. And whether it's Kale McCarr or, I don't know, pick somebody else on the Avalanche roster, this part of the rule needs, in my opinion, to be evaluated. If I accidentally clip somebody, I go to lift your stick and I smack you in the face and cut you. It's a double minor. It's an accident, but I get a double minor. Carter could say somehow that that was an accident. There's no retro. So it's okay to hit somebody by accident in the head, but it's not okay to accidentally hit somebody in the nose with your stick. I think it's, I think it's a mess. I don't like the decision that player safety made on this. And I got to tell you, I have really been on board with most of what they've done. They got a, it's a hard gig deciphering suspension, no suspension, whatever. They've, they've been really, I think they've been really good. I think they missed on this one. And now Colorado finally starting to get a little healthy. Now the game's best defenseman's out of, out of the lineup. Speaking of the West, let's have a look there, right? Again, Pete yep. DeBoer coming up from the Dallas Stars. It is tight in the West. You've got Edmonton, you've got Calgary. Yes, of course. They can catch the Los Angeles Kings. You've got Nashville. It seems a bit unlikely at this point, but they're only four points back, so we can't kick them out entirely. How do you look at this now? I mean, that's a big blow to the Colorado Avalanche, but I'm looking at the Calgary Flames without looking at their schedule en masse to the end of the regular season. I mean, it seems pretty obvious to say, as we have this conversation today, Calgary could miss the playoffs, but is there a more likely scenario as you look at the battles in the west right now okay so i keep looking at the pacific division dregs and i think the whole thing is in a blender all the time so right now vegas has got 64 games or 64 points seattle's got 63 kings have got 63 
Oilers have got 62 and Calgary's got 51. Now there's games in hand to be played here. Seattle's played the fewest games. It feels like to me, Vegas, Seattle, LA are not locked in yet. It feels like you could go into a little bit of your Drager ditch right near the cabbage and not quite get out of it as quickly. Like it, it seems really, you know, it seems dicey. What are teams going to do with the deadline? What can they do? Can Vegas go make some crazy huge acquisition because they have Mark Stone on long-term injury? Like, are they going to be able to do that? Ronnie Francis has got three second round picks. Are they going to trade one of those? It's pretty good collateral. Or are they going to say, you know what? We're still in a building phase. Although I'm sure after spending at least a billion six on the arena and the team, they'd like to make the playoffs. LA's got Phoenix Copley playing goal for them. Like how long can Phoenix Copley last? Do they try and go get Thomas Grice or somebody like that? Like a a guy whose contract's up at the end of the year. Maybe they do. So there's lots to Edmonton's in. For me, Edmonton will make it. Yeah. They're too good. Um, They're in. Something's off in Calgary. It's been off most of the time. And their best defenseman just got hit by a car the other day. Rasmus Anderson was on a scooter (laughs) crossing the street and somebody ran into him. And fortunately, he's okay. Brad Treliving, the GM, said right away, look, just so there's no question or rumor, there's no alcohol involved. You know, those scooters everybody sees around the sidewalks. He picked them up and paid for it and was going to ride to wherever the heck he was going for dinner. Like, man, sometimes nothing's easy. And that's where Calgary is right now. Before we jump to the East, how about a quick thought on, on Zach Hyman? I, you know, I'm sure in the Western Conference, certainly in the Edmonton market, he's getting plenty of attention as, as he should be. There were some eyebrows raised when the Oilers signed him to that contract. I wasn't in that chorus. I thought that he, that, that was good value for what you should get from Zach Hyman. But to see how he's progressing now and contributing and having a career year and goals and points, I am, this, this is impressive stuff. He's, he's come as advertised and exactly as Ken Holland and Jay Woodcroft were hoping. Well, I, I don't know how they could be more pleased. Uh, as a person, Zach's an 11 out of 10. Like yeah, he is, he is. Yeah. he's a solid, solid citizen. He works hard and works hard all the time. His efforts rub off on the guys that he plays with. He's not, he's making six million bucks a year. And there he is digging around the mud looking for the loose puck. Like it does not mm-hmm. change for him. I did see a stat, Dregs. It's funny you bring up Hyman. Okay. I'm not a big fan of expected goals. I think no, there's a little either. bit of hocus no. pocus in that. Do you know he's shooting under expected goals? He's got 26 goals. How many goals does the model think Zach Hyman's supposed to have? <laughs> <laughs> like so i i just can't get on board with that that's my one little be careful ray be careful oh, I don't, but i just i don't buy it i'm like he's under expected goals so they think i think he's like six under so they think hyman should have 32 goals in 50 games i guess <laughs> he's had a great year in, in great Edmonton. year great, great year. year all right race in the east you know pittsburgh's got goalie issues now with tristan jarry hurt again but they do have the advantage with games in hand if you look you right. know, around the conference. Decent chance that the Buffalo Sabres are going to make it interesting. They're just such a fun team to watch. They're right there in the thick of it. And yes, mm-hmm. of course, you've got the Islanders who are going to have something to say about that. Likewise, the Florida Panthers. Washington isn't going to go down without a fight. How do you see the, the E shaping up now with 30 games or so left? So Washington's played three more games than everybody else. I think they're the team that's in tough, even though right now they sit in the first wild card with 60 points. 
One of the reasons is, you know, John Carlson's nowhere near ready to play. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't even know how long ago it was. He took a slap shot in the side of the head. They had to literally reattach his ear. Yeah. And he's having he's having some predictable issues, I think, yeah. since then. So we're in my next game's in Boston. Washington's there Saturday afternoon. I just don't know how do you replace John Carlson over over the long run. Maybe, maybe one of the more underrated defensemen in the league, even when he was at the yeah. very peak of his game. But Florida's a team that's made it really interesting that I didn't think they were going to. They've climbed their way right back in there. And yeah, yeah. I, I think they're a little dangerous. Buffalo has got games in hand on everyone. I mm. don't think they're going to make a huge acquisition at the deadline. They haven't yet, you know, but maybe they do. Maybe they pick up a little bit of a mm. difference maker for them, a veteran, because they're so young. Um, Pitt the other night against Tampa, or rather against Colorado, they looked like they had snowshoes on. And their lack of speed, team speed, would really concern me. So I, I think that I think that is a jumble right to the end. Washington, Pittsburgh, Islanders, Buffalo, Florida. I think right down to there, you are scrambling around. And that might go down late into the season. Well, plenty of trade speculation with the March 3rd trade deadline looming. So we'll kind of see how the rest of this week plays out. There's rumblings around New York, what the Rangers are up to get us through the weekend. And then by Tuesday, we'll really start to bite down on some of the trade bait lists that are out there. Eh? And you know, your thoughts on where this guy fits and why this team needs to be looking at that and, and all of those things. So those are your headlines. Thanks again to Boston Pizza. Our interviews on Ray and Regs this year are brought to you by our friends at Canadian Club Whiskey who are asking, are you over beer? Why not try a refreshing CC ginger ale with lime next time you're having a drink or you're watching a game? All right, we're now joined on the Ray and Drake's Hockey Podcast by Pete DeBoer, the head coach of the Dallas Stars. And Pete, this will come as no surprise to you. I do a ton of research for every guest, for every podcast episode that we do. I, I didn't I didn't have to research too hard in preparation for this one. Here's something I did not know. And Ray, I'm, I'm curious if you knew this. Peter DeBoer, born June 13th, 1968. You know why that's that's significant? Uh, it's the same same birthday as me, June uh, 13, 1968. Now, I look much older at 54 than sure. <laughs> look at that. I knew I, I knew I liked you for a reason. <laughs> it's a great day. Great day in history, Ray. Well, okay, but it's funny in that, you know, you do your research and, you yeah. know, like that. I did mine right before we started, and I find out that, you know, Pete likes to fish, but he likes to fish in the warm weather, not like that idiotic ice fishing. So <laughs> you wouldn't sit out in an ice hut, would you? Absolutely not. You know what? I have the same rules for fish and golf. The sun has to be shining. It has to be above 75 degrees. And uh, <laughs> the, 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 the weather pretty much has to be perfect for me to to participate in in either of those sports. Yeah, well, Ray, have a look at have a look at Pete's coaching resume here for a moment, right? New Jersey, not a bad state. I mean, if you if you get out of certain parts of New Jersey, it's underrated, underrated, gorgeous. Yeah, but then you look at the other, and it's all warm weather here. So, I mean, maybe it's about the opportunity and all of those things. But now that we've just heard Pete DeBoer acknowledge. He's a fair weather golfer and fisherman. Maybe that speaks to his coaching resume too. The thing you're missing on those cities too, there's 
some good no tax states in there too that uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming together <laughs> awesome so how how have you enjoyed dallas year one in aside from the hockey we'll get to that in a minute just yeah the texas and all you know what this was always one of my favorite stops i can't believe it but i think this is my 16th year now in the nhl it was always one of my favorite stops coming through here great city great downtown friendly people great restaurants so i didn't know what it would be like living here and in the last my last couple stops have been really small centers you know vegas is 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 they're big cities but small centers san jose mm-hmm. vegas and even new jersey i lived i lived in a small town on the outskirts so I, we're right downtown dallas and this is a big city i mean your highway driving it's spread out there's sprawl our practice rink's probably 30 minutes away. It's probably similar to to living in, you know, Toronto and, and, and living or work, living in Oakville, working downtown Toronto, going in that traffic every day. So I'm getting used to that, but I really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the, the people and the rinks rocking every night. They're, they're mm-hmm. a lively crowd. So, and things have been good. Well, last year ends and now all of a sudden, you, you know, you're, you're not going to return. So, what happens in those immediate days? Like, yeah. how do you collect yourself? How do you look at what might be out there? Or, or is it not even that? You're just trying to survive? Yeah, it's funny. It's it's the first time I've been fired. And I've been fired four times where, you know, I, I was pissed off that I never got a, a chance to come back because of the circumstances. You know, the other ones, you know what, whatever the, the circumstances with the team, you know, I, I look back, you know, Florida was a little bit of a mess. The guy who hired me wasn't there anymore. Jersey was basically a full rebuild because Kovalchuk and Prize left in, in free agency. San Jose, Pavelski, Joe Thornton gone. You know, that was heading the rebound way. So you knew, you know, but the Vegas one was, you know, I, I thought we did a real good group, a job with that group as a staff, got to two conference finals and then hit, you know, an unheralded amount of injuries that pretty much would decimate anybody uh, and and scratched and clawed to 94 points so I, I i i was i was you know frankly pissed off that you know we never got the the benefit of a, another chance but what hockey and life have taught me is everything happens for a reason and i couldn't have landed in a better spot and uh, you know this opportunity probably isn't there if i go back so you know i i couldn't be happier about how it all worked out when when you were in Vegas, you're, you know, in those injuries, you lose both of your goalies and all of a sudden Logan Thompson's your goaltender. Did you know anything about him? I mean, he's in the all-star game this year. It's a fabulous story. And what does that tell us maybe about the game that, and the players that are in it? Yeah. You know, being in the organization for, for two plus years, I did know Logan. I mean, I knew, I knew his story which you had tremendous amount of respect for. I mean, Canadian University hockey after junior, you know, you're, you're pretty much done and on to the next mm-hmm. phase of your life. And, and he battled and scrapped, came through the East Coast League. But the thing I liked about him was, uh, you know, he dominated at the lower level. And that always, for me, is a stepping stone to having success at the NHL. And uh, he, was, he was goalie of the year in the American League, won their equivalent of the Vesna down there for Henderson the year before. So he did it right, you know, and he was ready. And I'm not surprised. And, you know, I probably should have played him more down the stretch last year. We might have <laughs> got in the playoffs. 
I'm looking at that picture over your shoulder and a player I've just long admired, not a, you know, I'm not, I was never a big player and I just love the career Joe Pavelski Mm. has put together. Now you've had him in a couple of spots. Why is Joe so good? Wow. Where do you start? (laughs) You know what? Consummate pro, great guy, leadership, but you know, on the ice, it's, it's just his, his, Hockey IQ, you know, he, he's always in the right place. He always makes the right play with the puck. He always creates his offense, but never at the expense of cheating. Will block shots. Will will fight if he has to. Takes face offs. Plays, you know, on the yeah. boards and wins pinches against guys a foot taller and fifty pounds heavier. Mm-hmm. He just does. He does it all, Ray. Like he's, you know, uh, I would assume the Bobby Clark of. Of our era, mm. or a guy like the Brian Trache of our era, you know, guys mm. like that. You just you win with guys like that. You know, he's just he's a special human being. On top of it, took uh, uh, our young nineteen-year-old Wyatt Johnson into his home this year, and he's living with him. And I think this Wyatt Johnson is going to be a special player. But I think yeah. he's going to look back at at the end of his career and go, "Wow, was I fortunate to learn." under a guy like that just little things like you know what time do you leave for the rink how do you prepare before a game what time do you go to bed you know when when you you, know, you can have fun and still play in the nhl but you know what's the night you do it so let's you know be dig a little bit deeper into wyatt johnson you know you you knew what you kind of had when the kid showed up when he's drafted by the organization but it, it become very obvious and apparent at training camp that he had put in the work that he was ready and that he was going to, he was at least going to force your decision to be a very, real difficult one to keep him. Yeah. I'll be honest. I'm not sure we knew what we had. Like, you know, you typically to get a player like this, you usually have to pick him in the top three or four. And even then, yeah. you know, the league's littered with guys that went that high that, that haven't done what this kid's done. So I'm not sure, you know, until you actually get him on the ice and throw him in those situations. And then, you know, there's always the stepping stone. So, you know, he came in camp, had a good camp, didn't blow us away. And then, and then for me and Jim, it was just sitting down. Okay. Is he going to hit the wall at 10 games? Is he going to hit the wall at 20? Is the league going to catch <laughs> up to him at 30? And, and, you know, instead of stumbling, the kids just gotten better and better every day. Like the confidence has grown. He hasn't stumbled. The really amazing part is we rewatch every game the next morning as a staff and come up with teaching clips and, you know, a, a coach will tell you, you know, there's some guys on every team where you could have a teaching clip every shift they're on the ice and, and work on something. <laughs> this guy, you know, through through 50 games, you know, I could count on one hand the number of times I've sat him down with teaching clips. He's always in the right spot, always making the right play. You know, if, if there is a mistake, it's usually because of, of size or strength, which you've got to understand, and you know, that's going to come. But exceptional. Yeah, exceptional. Mm-hmm. How did the decision come to, hey, you know, well, you're, you know, Jamie Ben just played his thousandth game. Let's get Ben into the middle of the ice, not on the wall. And we'll play him to these two younger guys, Delandria and, and, and Wyatt. And it just looks like it's supposed to. I mean, I did a game early in the year there, Pete, and I was like, man, that just sort of fits. Like, how yeah. did you, how did you come to that? Well, it, it started with, with the pair. I think when we when Jim and I talked in the summer about Wyatt Johnson stepping into the league, I think, you know, we both felt we would like to insulate him with a guy like Jamie Benn. And and you know, Ray, having played in this league, you know, 
if you're a young player coming in, you're going to, people are going to take some runs at you and take some shots at you, especially if you're a skilled guy. And that just, what Jamie Ben allows him to do is is play with confidence and know he's not going to get run or, or get pushed out of the game by people. So, you know, that security blanket, so to say, for Wyatt, we felt was real important. The sell was, you know, what's Jamie Ben going to think? Canadian Olympian, you know, former Hart Trophy winner. You're going to play on the third line with a 19-year-old center who's never played a game in the NHL before. But to expand on Jamie Ben's character, I had that conversation with him and there wasn't one sideways glance or moan. It was, he was all in. If that was going to help us win games, then he was all in. You know, we shaved minutes off his, his ice time. He's playing probably the lowest amount in his career right now because he's on the third line, but also because, you know, we just felt uh, with some of our older guys that uh, they would be better players. We wanted to be more of a four-line team. And he's, he's been all in on everything we've asked him to do. Can't, I can't say enough about his leadership. Every year the, you know, Stanley Cup gets awarded next week, everybody heads to wherever the draft is. They sit around the table. Everybody passes their draft lists around and they draft seven players or eight players or whatever they got. Every once in a while, something hits. And in, but you don't know till years later. In 2017, Dallas drafts Jake Ottinger and Jason Robertson. And like they're two names and two really regardedly or highly regarded prospects. How many times have you sat at a table, names get picked, and you go, man, I think we got something here, and it doesn't happen. And then <laughs> this time, I mean, you've got core guys out of the same draft. Yeah. yeah. Every year, right? I mean, I was coach GM in Kitchener, Kitchener Rangers for 15 years, and I, and I screwed up tons of drafts. There was a lot, a lot of guys there. You know, what I, what I will tell you is I believe this, that, that – Good people and work ethic gets rewarded. And no one's worked harder over his career than Joe McDonnell and Jim Dell. Those guys have been hockey lifers. I coached against mm -hmm. Joe McDonnell in junior. He went to scout with the Detroit Red Wings, was heavily involved with all those drafts with Jim in Detroit. And then they, they brought their show here to Dallas. And, you know, the best scouts in the world don't hit every year. But if you work hard enough for long enough and, and are good people, you do. And I think that's the case here. I think I think this guy's an exceptional hockey man. And, you know, I think I don't think it's an accident. Last year, uh, I was told he reminded Robertson was of Luke Robitaille a little bit. You yeah. know, not not the fastest guy, but always yeah. seems to be where the puck ends up and then he scores like is that pretty fair in, in your eyes? That's that's a that's a great name. I mean, people have asked me comparables and I never thought about that one, but that that's really appropriate. I think underrated compete mm. like Luke, you know, you yeah. can win with them like Luke, you know. Like I think I think some of the intangibles Luke brought to the game got overshadowed by the fact, you know, that he was a goal scorer and and I think he was more much more complete player than that and I think Jason Robertson's exactly like that too. Excellent. All right. Well, I'll jump here. And uh, you talked about your relationship with Jim Nill. So put us into that room with the trade deadline looming. You're clearly going to have influence. I mean, Jim is going to bounce all sorts of ideas, opportunities. It's such a hard league, as we know, to make moves, meaningful trades in season anyway. But how involved are you? You're smiling. So you're because 
what's going on right now. <laughs> oh, I've taken these calls before. I know I know what, what road we're going down here. <laughs> <laughs> but you are involved, obviously, as every coach would be. You are, you are. You know, Jim's a great communicator. <laughs> you know, I think I think sometimes coaches' involvement gets gets overrated by by the people on the outside. I, I think my involvement with Jim, you know, a lot of times I'm not even sitting in that room on trade deadline in the various places I've been. I think your involvement yeah. is the daily conversations you have with your GM, which happen every day after practice, post game on, you know, yeah. what the team needs, needs of the team, you know, where, where are we weak? Where's our strengths? What do we have excess of? What don't we have enough of? What's the minor league team looking like? We're bringing kids up now, taking looks at, at some different kids to see way that, where they fit down the stretch. So I think those daily conversations lead to the trade deadline. And, and you know, I'm, I'm very comfortable we're on the same page on needs. But I'll be honest with you, too. I, I don't know. I mean, I'll give you an example. We were in Vegas uh, going into the deadline my first year there. Uh, and Von Carpen, the pro scout, you know, really was pushing for Alec Martinez. And I, and I liked Alec Martinez. I coached in that division in San Jose against him, but I didn't know mm-hmm. him really well. I hadn't seen him in a few years, a lot like Jeff Carter, that team had, had kind of stumbled a little bit for a little while, but he was adamant and he was bang on, you know, Marty was a, a key, key guy for me during the, the time. Mm-hmm. And I was in Vegas going to two conference finals. He was a warrior. He was all intangibles and character and leadership. And so, you know, that's stuff that I don't know that we have mm. a whole pro scouting staff that gets paid to evaluate that. You you know, you mentioned 16 years. When you said that, I was like, oof, you know, if uh, you know how time goes and stuff. Everybody yeah. says they learn from someone or some things that have happened along the road. What's different about the way you coach now, say even five years ago, certainly to 15 years ago? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a quick story because I just ran into him. Brian McCabe was my first captain my first year in Florida. So I I come out of junior hockey, guns blazing. I'm ready to hit the NHL. And I ran probably the toughest training camp I've ever run in my life. And veterans were pulling up daily, groins, hip flexors, (laughs) everything everything was falling apart. We stumbled into the season with half a team because of the the injuries in the camp I ran. And I remember sitting down with Caber at the exit meetings at the end of the year. And he said, we're not going to make that mistake again, are we? And I said, no, I, I'm not going to make that mistake again. <laughs> so, you know, I think, I think this game is about, you, you learn something every year from every group you have. I can tell you from a coaching perspective, nothing's been better for me professional development than my hockey Canada experiences. Every every year I missed the playoffs, I went and tried to do the world championships, got to work with guys like Ken Hitchcock and, uh, uh, you know, obviously Mike Babcock was on those staffs. Mark Messier was our GM, one of those staffs. Craig McTavish, you know, Dave Tippett, Paul Maurice, on and on. So, you know, that, that was my opportunity at the end of tough years when we missed the playoffs to, to go and work with other people and the best players in the world and get better. And I got better every time I went to one of those. Terrific stuff. All right, Pete. Well, we'll let you go. You got rest of the season to focus on. It's good that we could connect and uh, have a few laughs and 
talk and just so just so you know dregs i got my phone here i'm putting you on block till after the trade deadline (laughs) all right buddy all right i promise i won't move it's a really good move (laughs) see you guys (laughs) thanks best of luck eh? ray we're gonna raise a glass of fine chronicle series cc to pete DeBoer of the dallas stars and to drew for helping pull my RAV4 rental out of the ditch so that I could leave the cabbage and get to the airport. So uh, thanks to Drew. Thanks to Pete for joining us, presented by our friends at Canadian Club Whiskey. The Final Chronicle series, 45-year-old release, is now available everywhere. You know, we were talking offline a little bit about this, but, you know, there's so many good people in, in, in hockey and in major sport, all of that. So, and I'm not going to put Pete DeBoer on a pedestal, but in terms of having an honest and educated conversation and also then, you know, ha- having some laughs along the way, he'd be top 20% in the NHL for me, just because he's been around so long and he gets it, right? He understands what everybody does and the job that they want to do. Drake's, I, I, I remember the first time that I spoke to Pete, I had no idea he had a personality. I had no idea he was funny because he stands behind the bench. His hands are always behind him. His ties never done up to the top. And he looks just like he's just sitting there. Like he doesn't really ever yell. He doesn't ever. Re- and I'm like, man, this guy looks boring. And then you get to meet him and talk to him. And I find him incredibly entertaining, but he's sharp. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's sharp and like just, uh, you know, the insights of, of why Johnson and, um, uh, and Jason Robertson and Joe Pavelski, clearly you can see how much he thinks of Joe, who he's had for a number of years. And, uh, I just, I, I was, I thought that was a great interview. He was awesome. It was really a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and you know what, and give a little credit to Jim Neal, the general manager and Tom Gillardi, the owner of the Dallas stars, right? When you've got a man of, of the resume of, of Pete DeBoer. Okay. Maybe it feels like a bit of a tap-in hire, but you had Paul Maurice out there. There were some other candidates that were available to the Dallas Stars, and so in he comes, and no different than the success that Bruce Cassidy had with Vegas and Jim Montgomery with the Boston Bruins. We've just a runaway great story this year. The coaches do deserve some credit for the success of their teams. Well, they get kicked in the ass when they don't do well, so... You have to acknowledge if you're going to do that, then you have to acknowledge that there, as much as some of them don't like it and don't like the credit, they're responsible in a big way for what happens to their teams and a good uh, from a good perspective. And man, those coaches you mentioned, Cassidy, Montgomery, Pete DeBoer, and even Rick Bonus, who's gone to Winnipeg from Dallas, like yeah. they've really been instrumental in their team's excellent seasons. All right, there he is, Chris Abbott, joining us on the Ray and Dregs Hockey Podcast. And, okay, as established earlier this week, Chris, you were presenting at least five different betting options for us to juice up the game. Not that it needs it, but our game we're talking about here, our season-long game. So, got to pick out the outright winner, the over-under, 51.5. Travis Kelsey, touchdown, yes, no. Patrick Mahomes, over-under, 295.5 295.5 passing yards, over under 1.5 total interceptions, heads or tails on coin toss. What happens first, touchdown or field goal? 
Will either team score points in every or are we going through all of this or are we just going to select five? It was the only way I could get back uh, close to Ray is okay. by having okay. a, whatever you whatever you want. Hey, we can do it rapid I'm fire here. I'm yeah, do it rapid fire. Here's the thing. I'm a little tired because I've been running laps around you guys. So yeah, anyway, get it. so let's, okay. let's, uh, let's go ahead. Okay. You're the clubhouse leader, Ray. So uh, who wins Super Bowl? Eagles. Chris? Chiefs. I'm saying the Chiefs as well. Oh, All right. Over under 51 and a half. Under. Right? Under. Uh, under. Chris? I'm going to say over, but you've got to let me go first on some of these because this, that's not fair. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I, right. I know what Abbott's doing. He doesn't even believe in his calls. He's just picking the opposite. No. I've I, seen this I, crap see, before. I've actually done... I did some prep work here, so I had the over as well. Chris, you better go first. Travis Kelsey, touchdown, yay or nay? Absolutely, yes. Yes. Uh, Okay, yes. I'm saying no. Okay, Patrick Mahomes, over under 294 and a half passing yards. Drakes? I'm going the over. I will say under only because his receivers, individual receiving yards lines are all kind of low. I'm going to say under. Yeah. I'm going under. Oh, Absolutely. Interesting. All right. Over, under, one and a half total interceptions. Over. Over. Uh, uh, I'm. Go ahead. Uh, I think over as well. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say under. All right. Heads or tails, coin toss? Tails. Oh, it's obviously heads. Okay, tails, Chris. Heads, Ray, I'm saying heads. I never go tails ever in my life if I said tails. Um, what happens first, touchdown or field goal? Do I get to go first? You go first. Um, There's only two choices. Pick it up. I know. Field goal. Touchdown. Well, and I was going to say field goal, so this is not just going opposite of Ray. I think somebody just wants to get points on the board. Okay, so field goal. Did you know that in the last seven Super Bowls, oh my field goal has been scored five times? So do you know in the last seven Super Bowls, twice a touchdown has been scored? <laughs> <laughs> okay, will either team score points in every quarter? No. No for me as well. I'm saying yeah, me I I'm saying no as well. All right. How do we feel about this at this point? I just hope Raheem and, and Rob Gray were paying attention to all of this. No, there's I'm no kind chance. of I, no chance. Here's my notes. <laughs> I like that because Raheem is gonna text in an hour. Hey, what did you pick on the I yeah. don't know. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. That was yeah. an hour ago. Yeah. So you're feeling pretty confident, are you, Ray? How about you, Abs? Are you feeling confident there's going to be a turnaround here? Either one of us catching Ferraro or probably not. I'm going to say probably not. Just based on the math, I think it's next to impossible because we had some of the same picks, but I didn't think it was fair to just go straight opposite. I'm not that kind of guy. Right. Oh, you were early. All right. Yeah. I had to get a chance. Do you think this... Is is this game going to be, you know, there's so many questions as there always is. And, you know, is the injury now a distant memory with Mahomes and, and all of that? How this for me, this potentially has it, it does have the potential to be one of the better Super Bowls, does it not? I think so. I don't think the injury's a distant memory. I think they want you to believe it's a distant memory. Okay. Just just two <laughs> weeks ago, he was hobbling on that mm-hmm. thing pretty good and High ankle sprains don't generally heal up that quick, especially when you, you know, it reminds me of the, the miracle, right? If he plays on it, can he make it worse? I feel like you'd make it worse. So I, think I so. yeah, I think, uh, I think it's going to be good though. I think 
could be a real coming out party for Jalen Hurts if the season wasn't already. It was just a year ago that everybody was was you know putting the putting the dirt on him as if he wasn't going to be an NFL quarterback. So even though I think the Chiefs will win, I would really like to see him have success. I think it's going to be a good one. I think there's a lot of lot of fun players on each side, and and I really love Andy Reid and his team as well. So I think it'll be a good game. I don't think it'll be a blowout. Whatever it is, I think it'll be close. I, I I do find it really hard to cheer against Andy Reid. I, yeah. I really do. He just looks yeah. like a guy I want to cheer for all the time. He listen, the guy they didn't they present him with a cheeseburger. Like the man is my spirit animal. That guy. I feel like Andy and I could <laughs> yeah. do some damage. <laughs> all right, Abs. Well, we'll get through the Super Bowl and then tease our hockey audience a little bit because post Super Bowl, obviously next Tuesday, we'll start to drill down on you know the midpoint as we get there of the second half of the NHL regular season. We'll revisit some of the the things that uh, Batano.ca has going on specific to hockey. Absolutely, get to the Super Bowl and then we'll we'll really drill that. A tease for that: I saw somebody yesterday post, "Will the Flames make the playoffs?" All the fans said no. The odds say minus three thirty three. Yes, plus two thirty. No. So there there could be some fun markets to have coming down the stretch here. Oh, nice, interesting. All right, buddy. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. I will. Same to you guys. All right, Ray, time to put another Ray and Greg's Hockey Podcast in the books. And uh, as we teased a little bit earlier, I mean, there's so much trade talk going on. Frank Cervelli, old buddy of ours, has reported that Vladimir Tarasenko is headed to the New York Rangers. So we're wrapping up the podcast. We'll have to dig deep on this next week. But just purely on the face of it all, what does a piece like Tarasenko bring to the New York Rangers without knowing immediately how the finances are going to break down going back the other? Well, the the way the Rangers are lined up right now, you know, they they lost Dylan or uh, Ryan Strom last year. They brought in Vincent Trocheck kind of to replace Strom to play with Panarin. That didn't work. I didn't think it would work. I didn't I don't think their styles mesh. They both need to carry the puck, so it doesn't work. So now they've got Zabanajad playing with Panarin and Jimmy Vesey. That doesn't seem like a top line to me. Like, Vesey's had a really nice year, but that doesn't seem like the right guy there. So now they've got Kreider playing with Trocek and Barkley Goodrow. Goodrow doesn't seem like the guy that should be there. So I could easily picture Tarasenko in either one of those spots, instead of Vesey or instead of Goodrow. And that gives them a little bit more dangerous offense. It seems like those young guys play best together. Kako Lafreniere and Philip Hedl, who's on just a red hot ripper right now. But I, I don't know. I mean, Tarasenko has just had a real quiet year. I, I get why they want him. He's a one shot scorer. Can he be that again? He'll be with around Panarin. I think that'll probably help. It wouldn't surprise me if Vitaly Kravtsov is one of the guys going back in the deal the other way. He's young. He hasn't found yeah, Blaze or yeah. in New York. Yeah, no, Blaze that's fair. Maybe there. Blaze I mean, part maybe of it. it would be. Yeah, Crabsoft would be maybe a, a guy with potential that might fit there in that deal. Yeah, and and look, you know, Jury's got work to do. He knows this no different than any other general manager. Philip Heedle is other piece that he's going to want to lock down sooner than later. They gambled a little bit in this negotiation, right? See if he has a good year. Well. Holy every every time, every time you turn around, hey, every time you turn around, there's another goal going in the net. Yeah, kids on fire. <laughs> All right, it's uh, lining up to be a good week on the Ray and Dregs podcast next week. So it's kind of nice that we end the podcast with a little bit of trade juice. So 
enjoy the game. Have a good one and uh, get home safely. Enjoy the Super Bowl and we'll reconnect on Tuesday. Yep. Talk to you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the Super Bowl and always a fun afternoon watching that thing. It is. Yeah. Shout out to our partners who make the podcast possible. Our title sponsor, our good friends at Canadian Club, who ask are you over beer? Boston Pizza, pick it up or get it delivered to your door. Just let Boston Pizza do the cooking tonight. Batano.ca, it is available now in Ontario. The game starts now, says Batano. And by doer, use code RNDPANTS, and you will save 15% off everything at doer.ca. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast. Until Tuesday, stay safe, everybody.